Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. There are always wonderful new pictures to see. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> We deal in lead, friend. Come with me if you want to live. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is hey, these aren't my rules. Don't think of it, I don't have any rules. When someone asks you if you're a god, Yes! Groovy. All right, and welcome to the very first Drive-In Radio. I'm your host, John Rhodes, and joining me as always, and always will mean always, my brother, Ryan fucking lewis the man made for radio <laughs> you know what this is a fantastic thing to think that i could be part of a show and not have to host it and <laughs> not have to edit this 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 is wonderful i'll do these any day and our special guest tonight for our avengers retro yes we're kicking this off with avengers well i hope you already fucking know that is none other than the living legend himself Mr. Bo Ransdale. What is up? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, if this lineup seems a little familiar, it means that you like our other show. And if not, you should check out our other fucking show, Grave Shift Radio. Mostly horror, and it's all fucking awesome. There it is. <laughs> yeah, you might want to wait till they get to the end of this one. <laughs> and like, all right, if you like that. <laughs> right, because there's a strong possibility we could fuck this all up. <laughs> Right, but you want more profanity and and uh, horror movies discussed, then uh, then you should go to Graveshift Radio, where all the awesome happens. There it is. There it is. Yeah, the horror podcast ran on testosterone, but we're not here for that, people. No, fuck no. We are here to geek the fuck out on Marvel's The Avengers. This was the most spectacular film of its time, in my opinion, and... Uh, well, let's break down what drive-in radio is. So, drive-in radio, we're going to review any kind of film, and it's simple. We're going to tell you what we bring to the film, we're going to review the film, and then we're going to close the show out. So, uh, you guys ready? Right on, man, right on. This is convenient, because I can't even count the amount of times when we were doing Grave Shift, thinking, you know, God damn it, I'd love to talk about this movie or that movie, but it's not part of the horror genre. That's what this show is for. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, now we get to cover almost anything. I say almost because, for me, I think it's really hard to kind of review and get into a comedy. But We're not, we're not going to do musicals? No. Eh, maybe. This is a surefire way to bring Bo back. Yeah, yeah. West Side Story is my jam, as you all know. <laughs> <laughs> 
But as I said, what we bring to the film and uh, for myself, I'll kick this off. Uh, I was really amped up for the Avengers coming out. Um, I remember Iron Man came out and it was really cool. And, and they had that singer scene at the end with Nick Fury and they, they kept building the films. And the rumor was they're they're leading up to the Avengers. And the whole time I'm watching it, you know, Iron Man 2 thinking there's no fucking way they're going to be able to pull this off. And the films just build up to the point and the trailers came out. I was incredibly excited to think that this was actually going to happen. I remember I ordered my tickets online. I actually did it at work. Like the day the tickets could be ordered, I was at work ordering tickets. Uh, it, it was fucking awesome. I, I went and bought a Captain America shirt because that was my favorite of the movies leading up to Avengers and wore that in to fucking watch the movie. And, uh, I'm actually wearing the shirt today. That's hot. That is. That is. I got a little excited there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a little bit tighter now. But hey, whatever. <laughs> Ryan, what do you bring to this movie, man? Well, okay. Listen, uh, when the very first Iron Man came out, okay, that was that was the movie that told me that any of this Marvel shenanigans could actually be, you know, a real thing. That this could actually work taken serious and yeah exactly and and it built from there when I, you know there was you know the thor movie i thought was straight up hot garbage um <laughs> i you know incredible hulk movies you know there was there was issues throughout but captain america the original captain america came out i loved that film so of course i was i was really excited for this movie but at the same time i was kind of expecting it to be a train wreck you know, I think they, most people were, to be honest. You know, we had somebody that's behind, like, Buffy shows, was it? Yep. Right? And all that happy stuff behind this, and somehow they're going to make this giant giant hodgepodge of all these characters. And I grew up reading the Avenger comics and and seeing those animated movies of the Avengers, really digging on all these characters. And I was halfway expecting this thing to just be just a pure piece of shit like a big <laughs> muddled mess and i was just so thankful i was mistaken well i uh i'm i'm kind of the same um with one important exception uh i so yeah the, the thor movies are the weak links for sure and i i i saw both of those in the theater and haven't watched them since <laughs> um the captain america movies are great the Iron Man movies, uh, two is a little bit of a down note, but I think one and three are both real solid. Um, you know, the Hulk movies are problematic because that's just a, a tough character to carry an entire movie. And no no one's cracked the code on that. I actually really like the Edward Norton one. I, the first half of it, I think, is excellent. And then I think it gets it, it gets into some sketchy... Uh, the, the back half of that, I don't think, is quite... Uh, as good at all but all right so i was uh, a marvel comics fan you know i mean i like batman but who doesn't like batman so that doesn't count um but other than that i was really a marvel kid love spider-man uh x-men avengers all that stuff i was i was in so when you know like we were talking about when iron man hit and it seemed like oh they're actually doing this for real and not being slightly embarrassed by making a superhero movie. It's like, no, we're going to make a balls-out superhero movie, and we're going to get good actors and good directors and good writers to do it. Um, so I was I was jazzed. Avengers, I was excited about. 
uh, more excited when I found out Joss Whedon was behind it because I am a Buffy fan and I am a Firefly fan. Um, I think he's one of the best just entertainment writers around. And, yeah, I mean, there was a big question mark of can this guy who has mostly done television do this big blockbuster? But at the same time, I was really encouraged by the fact that I thought he had a real cleverness with dialogue. All of his shows have, have been um, ensemble pieces, and that's what The Avengers is. It's a bunch of actors, for the most part, standing around talking to one another. And I really felt like Joss Whedon knew how to do that. So I went into this with guarded expectations because I was afraid it was going to suck. Uh, because, you know, as Ryan said, this is a movie that kind of shouldn't work. You know, it is way too many characters that are entirely different from one another. And uh, and then I sat down in my seat, man, and the Avengers happened to me. <laughs> and it was great. I, I hear what you guys are saying, but I, I had no guarded expectations going into this. I, I was just childlike glee. From the moment that Captain America ended and we got that brief little teaser trailer that they tacked on there, I was so fucking excited for this. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I was I was super excited for it, but I I'm just a pessimist, man. I'm an old grump. <laughs> and and I couldn't I couldn't help but think like, man, this is so close. Like we've we've done all these other movies, all of this has been building to this film. And if this tanks, then then I'm screwed because then I'm not going to get the the rest of the Marvel universe I want to see. Like, you know, Doctor Strange is about to happen, and I can't. That blows my mind that we're about to see a Doctor Strange movie. Right. Um, so this movie was, I mean, it was absolutely pivotal because it it was it was either going to show that the Marvel movies were here to stay and they could be done right, and they were really going to be a force. Not they, that they hadn't been successful, but Avengers could have killed it. and Or, or at least set it back quite a bit. And, yeah, and what, what, like, what was the alternative? Mm-hmm. Like those shitty DC movies? No. <laughs> I don't want to see that. You're right. And, and as far as me, it wasn't like, like I had trepidations by any means. It was more like I was prepared for it to be a train wreck because, you know, I'm, I'm a dickhead. And, and part of me enjoys a good train wreck. So if it was either going to work and blow my mind completely or I was just going to be able to stare at it and talk about it for ages about, oh, my God, how did they drop the ball with this thing? You know, much like Fan Force Dick. <laughs> oh man that movie oh that's rough uh all right well let's stop the cock teasing we'll take a quick little break here and uh let's get us a fistful of avengers yeah avengers! like the mighty molnir in our hands mm, mm, mm. it is weighty nobody could pick it up but me only the worthy sir only the worthy <laughs> well let's see if the film's worthy if I told you we were putting a team together? How do we do this? As a team. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. The Avengers what we call ourselves earth's mightiest heroes
Alright, well we are back, we're assembled, and it's time to get into this. Alright, I will kick us off here real quick with one point that starts off the movie, and I think a lot of people don't really fucking pay attention to. You know, we get this really quick little throwaway scene here in the very beginning, but this this scene right here actually sets everything up. Fucking everything. It explains that the Tesseract is up and running, that Loki has aligned himself with the Chitauri to rule the Earth as they conquer the universe with the help of the Tesseract, which Loki is familiar with. This scene is so fucking quick, though, that it does seem like it's a throwaway scene, but it's important as hell. Well, you know, being the fact that I am... And, and yourself are a huge fan of the original Captain America. Fucking, I was excited when I saw that at first because there it is. That's the cosmic cube. That's the, the right. Tesseract. It, seeing it again from watching that movie so many times, I was automatically at home the second it started. Well, plus, all right, Loki, who uh, is is probably the best thing about the Thor movies, mm. is, is Tom Hiddleston as Loki. But when he shows up in The Avengers... And just whips into the middle of this lab, looking all badass and whatnot. And then has this, like, Shakespearean line that I... As soon as I heard it, I was like, fucking Joss Whedon, let's do this. <laughs> um, but it's when Loki says, I am burdened with terrible purpose. Mm. And I was like, fucking right you are, let's go. <laughs> and, yeah, but I think you're right, though, John, that, like, from that initial scene, everything else that happens in the film springs from that initial moment and it's a good action sequence as well as you know the uh the the tesseract opens its passage and then the self-destruct of the base begins and shit's collapsing and falling down and you know everybody's trying to get evacuated and whatnot but um yeah i think from jump the movie kind of kicks you in the ass and is like all right that we are about to do some honest to goodness spectacle right and the fact that also on top of that we got loki actually being a badass character which i'm sorry this this character was not utilized the way it should have been in the uh thor movie by any means and seeing him here they completely revamped the character and turned him into a badass which i loved and actually seeing nick fury do something <laughs> was a big deal to me because most of the time he's just standing there with his arms crossed or being judgmental. But, you know, to see him dealing with Loki and trying to keep him there to uh, blow the base around him and everything else and even, you know, running around and firing weapons, and just, it, it's it, it was a big deal. Yeah, they did an excellent job with that. I mean, because we, we get this little explanatory scene that I mentioned, and then, you know, we go straight to the shield base where the Tesseract opens the portal, Loki comes in, and they completely redefined him. Because the Thor movie beforehand, he was kind of meek. He never really felt right. But once he's introduced here, straight off, he's a badass. He's taking out shield agents. He's converting people. He is completely redefined, and that is exactly what this film needs. And they do the exact same thing with Nick Fury, except, you know, he's not redefined. They're just flushing him out a bit more. We're actually getting to see what he's capable of, and that's exactly what we fucking needed. Yeah, you always suspected Nick Fury at some point was just going to lose his cool and be incredible. Mm. <laughs> and, and the Avengers is the, the first time where you see him... You know, like that scene where he and Loki are first talking and, you know, Loki is like, I'm here to free all of you. And uh, and Nick Fury's response is like, you know, a lot of people say that 
I kind of think you mean the other thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Nick Fury is awesome, y'all. All right. Uh, so true. And then the fucking base actually blows up. It comes down. And we're, we're introduced to uh, Maria Hill and shown that, you know, this agent can hold her own. We, we get freaking Hawkeye converted over to Loki's side as the base goes down. Mm. This is, you know, a hell of a way to kick this off. And we're not even introduced to any of the major players yet. Right. Yeah, no, this movie, like I said, it just, it, it kind of grabs you by the collar and it's like, get ready. The, you know, we've got a lot to go through in this movie and we're, we're not wasting any time. There's no half hour of like, you know, we have to get the, the Avengers together, right? Like going into the movie, here's what you know has to happen. We have to take all these characters that Nick Fury has interacted with throughout the course of all the previous Marvel films and he's got to bring them all together. Mm. So my concern going into this was you're going to get an hour of that and then there's going to be action. But no, no. This and, and to its credit, this movie finds a very rapid pace and pretty much sticks with it throughout the film. I mean, there are downtimes, but nothing... We'll talk about Ultron later, but <laughs> th there's nothing in this movie that feels like you're breaking the speed with which this story is being told. It, it like so much happens, but I mean, it's a very simple story when you boil it down, but there's just so much shit going on all the time in this movie. And it just starts from jump, you know, it's like, it, it reminds me of the beginning of lethal weapon two, where the, the movie opens with Mel Gibson, just hammering the roof of the car as they're in pursuit right, of someone. Yeah, right. And you're just like, right on, let's do this. And let's, <laughs> we're not screwing around. Yeah, I mean, we, we get this introduction. We understand now what's at stake, you know, what's going on. And they do the logical thing of introducing us to the key characters, but they don't drag it out. They do it in a very interesting and quick way. I mean, we're, we're introduced to Natasha, the Black Widow, as she's in an interrogation of sorts. And I, I love how this scene plays out because we get to see her character actually in the field doing what she does best. Being sexy as hell. That's what she does best. <laughs> right. Be, being incredibly sexy and then at the drop of a dime, yeah. just beating the shit out of everyone in the room. But not only that, she uses the fact that she is good looking. She uses the fact that she's a female to her advantage and in this interrogation, and we'll see this come back later in the film, she's getting these guys to give up everything without them even realizing that she's interrogating them when they actually believe that they're interrogating her. Right, right. And it's a, a badass scene. We get her introduced, and we actually see then right off that she's intimidated because she is tasked with recruiting Bruce Banner. Right, and who wouldn't be, for Christ's yeah. sake? Which <laughs> brings up... Mark Ruffalo. He is fantastic in this film. So good as Bruce Banner, if you ask me. Mark Ruffalo, you could be a fan of all these heroes if you want. For me, steals this film in every way. I, he's perfect, okay? this He as a character and how he portrays Banner, and it's shit, even the Hulk model they give him, the CGI Hulk they give him. This is the very first time in any incarnation of the Hulk that I have bought it ever right. and i'm a huge fan i've been you know 
a Bigsby Hulk fan, for Christ's sakes, you know, all all my life and through all the different incarnations and reading the Hulk comics and all this. And this is the first time ever it was done right. Yeah. Well, he kind of looks like once he hulks out, he kind of looks like Ruffalo. Right. Right. You know, and that's the thing is it just looks like the big green, you know, to quote Tony Stark in the film, uh, the rage monster that uh, he becomes is just him. It's just, you know, full of rage and gamma strength and all that shit. You know, but the, the thing that is so great about it isn't just the Hulk stuff, which which is awesome in this movie. Uh, and like you said, he steals the show, whether it's as the Hulk or as Banner, because he's so kind of wry and funny in this movie. And he has the best line of the film, in my opinion. But um, oh yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. The scene with Black Widow, or Natasha, going after the Hulk and, like, luring him to the middle of nowhere so that if he does Hulk out, he doesn't hurt anybody. And their whole exchange, um, where she straight up lies to him about being there by herself, and which leads to a great sight gag when you pull out of the house after, you know, he, he starts to look like he's going to get angry. And you see... Just the place is surrounded by people. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all that stuff works, and it also sets up their relationship as kind of being somewhat of the outcasts that pays off later in Ultron. But, um, yeah, Rivolo's so good. Like, I, I like him in almost anything anyway, but I was really happy to, to see him as Banner. And, and my understanding is the motion capture they did for the Hulk was Ruffalo. Right. You know, like all the, the scenes of him, you know, like pounding his fists and his posture and everything. That was all, all Mark Ruffalo. And I mean, holy crap. I, I kind of have the impression that as an actor that he's more proud of other stuff than he is of his superhero movie stuff. But God bless him for bringing the level of craft he does uh, to this movie, just like every other performance he gives. Right. Yeah, and I'll freely admit, this was one of the, the points that I was a little hesitant about. And there really wasn't many because, as I said, I was a fan of The Incredible Hulk. I liked Edward Norton's portrayal. And at the time, I liked how that Hulk looked. Now I've gone back and rewatched it recently, and it doesn't quite hold up. But having seen this, I agree. Mark Ruffalo nails the part, and the Hulk in this film looks amazing. Hands down. And this scene where he's introduced between him and Natasha is a great scene where, you know, she's actually walking on eggshells just after a scene of showing how badass she is. And Banner's just kind of playing with her. I like how this plays out. I think it's a great fucking moment between these two. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, no arguments here, sir. Okay, so we then actually understand through Nick Fury that there is a council overseeing shield that shut down the Avengers. And we get this whole little back and forth where Nick Fury is actually trying to bring the Avengers forward because he believes that's the solution to Loki and the Tesseract. And he's kind of shut down because, you know, government, they're never one to make the right decisions. Although Powers Booth is on the council, and I, I, I gotta be honest, if he tells me to do something, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. But, you know, we then get introduced to none other than 
Captain America. Oh my God, dude! I'm just gonna say I'm gonna get it out now, and you guys can battle me on this all you want. His costume in this movie looks like dog shit. I'm sorry, it looks like he got his suit from a Target Halloween section. <laughs> it's it's no, it doesn't work. Okay, look at when you go from his suit in the original Captain America. To this, it's it's a smack to the face. It really is to me. It, it's so distracting to the point where when I'm watching this movie and whenever he's on the screen, I just can't stop looking at it saying, oh, my God, how out of place is this fucking guy compared to everybody else's costume in this movie? His, to me, looks the most, you know, hokey by any means. And you could say, oh, it's, it's traditional Captain America, all you fucking want. You really can, but, you know, we're putting these people into a real world, and I love the fact that they are taking these characters and saying, I don't care if this is a real world. The Captain America looks like this, he looks like this. Black Widow looks like this. Hulk looks like this. And they're putting it into a real world. But to me, dude, it looks shockingly, shockingly distracting to me. Well, I will say this. From having seen the movie multiple, multiple times, it was never a distraction to me until we got into conversations like this. And then I started paying closer attention to it. But I, I think the reason that his costume looks this way, at least in this film, and, and this is just me speculating, is the fact that they were looking for a beacon. They, they really wanted him to stick out. And this may be me actually kind of projecting onto the film because I like Captain America. Is so. he not a beacon how he looks in Age of Ultron? How he looks in Age of Ultron is fantastic. He really does. His suit looks amazing. Right. I Yeah, fair enough. I'll be that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'll say it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily, but it just never bothered me. Like I it was never a thing that I came away from Avengers feeling like that was something I ever really considered beyond like, hey, look, it looks like Captain America's suit, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, it, not to dismiss, like, if you had a problem with it, you had a problem with it. I just don't, it just didn't hit me that way because I I, I don't know. It just, it felt like Cap, Yeah. you know? Yeah, I've, once again, never had a problem with it, and it, it just felt right. But you're also correct that he does stand out. Now that you've drawn my attention to it, and I actually do pay closer attention to it, yeah, he does stand out, and I think they've gone on to correct that. Dude, he just, he looks too lean in this, and we know he was fucking huge in this movie, but something about this suit makes him look super lean. Yeah, the, this suit does make him look smaller. I'll just say this just to close that thought off. Uh, my son wanted to be Captain America for this past Halloween. We went to a costume shop, got him a Captain America suit, and I looked at him and I started laughing. And he said, what, Daddy? Does it look bad? I said, no, you look just like in the Avengers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, maybe so. I'll, next time I watch it, I'll, I'll pay more attention to that. It, you know, it, it, like I said, just something that's never bothered me. And he's so good in this movie. Like, not only... Uh, with the introduction of him, the the payoff of the gag of him knocking the uh, the punching bag off the chain, and you see that he's got the line of him. Oh yeah. Um, the, the the other thing I really dig about Captain America in this movie is how they they make a lot of hay off of the fact that he is from this other time. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know, but there's also something so noble about that 
you know, because of the character that he is, you know, that Captain America is the guy who came from a time when, you know, like the, the nobility of World War II or the, the soldier in World War II, uh, at least, you know, in the, in the course of the film is that like, we had a common purpose. We knew what we needed to fight, you know, and winter soldier, I think draws that distinction a little, a little bit better in terms of where America is now versus where they were then. And I'm not saying that America was a better country then because you ask anyone who's black and they will never trade, uh, going to the 1940s versus today. But, <laughs> but you know, Captain America does represent at his best, what we think America ought to be. And, you know, sometimes that's played for laughs in this movie, but it's never like no one ever makes fun of Captain America. There's just comedy to be mined from that. Like I, I love, uh, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when um, when the Avengers do, or well, not the Avengers as a whole, but uh, when they do kind of take down Loki or capture Loki and have him on the plane and all that, and then Thor shows up all of a sudden, and uh, Thor takes Loki and just kind of <laughs> dives out the back of the plane. And Captain America is is going after him. And uh, Black Widow says, like, hey, uh, you know, one of those guys is a god. You may want, want to sit this one out, Cap. And his response is, there's only one god, man. <laughs> like, you know, it's so, <laughs> it is so, like, apple pie, red, white, and blue Captain America. But right. at the same time, it, like, it doesn't make him look foolish. And I think that's one of the the things that the movie does so well is to highlight him him being very different from the other Avengers because he's from this other time. And being from this other time, he will stand by his his ideals to a fault. Yes. Yes. Which oh Civil War. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. And his suit looks great in that trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, but yeah. So I, you know, I think Captain America, not just in the two movie or in the movie that preceded this and the one that followed it, you know, he just like that character should be so one note and boring, and he has really risen to, you know, certainly my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Yeah, he's of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, aside from the Hulk, which I'm you know, particularly fond of, but you know, I can't wait to see what they do with Spider-Man. Cause that was always my favorite. Oh but... man, dude, I could, oh, oh, okay. Another discussion. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. But, but, but Captain America kind of surprisingly, because in the comics, especially the early ones, he is just so rah, rah America, red, white, and blue. Mm. It's a very one note kind of character. Like I'm going to suck the Nazis in the jaw. Right, right. And what Chris Evans and the writers and, you know, uh, not just Joss Whedon, but uh, uh, like the Russo and, mm-hmm. and uh, like all the guys who have been managing that property, the Captain America brand, if you will, have turned him into such a fascinating character. Um, and I really feel for him. Like at the end of the first movie, my heart kind of went out to him as this guy who, you know, staggers out on onto the the streets of a big city into a world he doesn't recognize. Right. And I think Avengers does a good job of continuing that. Of, you know, he's still trying to find his place, but the one thing he's sure of is what's right, mm-hmm. even if no one else is. You know. Right. Yeah, and I, I think actually, uh, 
Avengers is picking up shortly after, you know, Cap's revival. That's how I'm kind of taking this. He, he's got himself still secluded there at the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. He's working out, you know, struggling with the trauma of waking up, you know, of what happened in World War II. And we get that he's got a relationship now with Fury. And they make the their stupid little bet of, you know, him being surprised and... uh it's just a little character beat, but it, it just furthers his character. He's not just what so many people think of when they think of Captain America and the the depth that they've brought to him, the trauma that they've added, and just all of this makes his character so rich that it's hard not to enjoy. Right. He very easily yeah. could have been a one-dimensional character with, you know, just a goody-goody. But, you know, they yeah. had so much depth to this character. He, out of all the characters, maybe not the Hulk. you got to feel for him, too. But yeah. out of all the characters, he is by far the most endearing. Yeah. Yeah. And big ups to Chris Evans for doing an amazing job in that role. Yeah. Right. Right. He really is just Captain America, you know, head to toe. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm very glad he hung up his human torch. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think we can all agree that none of the Fantastic Four movies have ever happened. No, but God yeah. damn it, that last one made you feel like the first two were a lot better. Yeah, it, it made those seem real watchable, sure. <laughs> Which is a feat in itself. Yeah, it ain't easy. Um, <laughs> so, all right, but like, so once we get Captain America... Thor and Iron Man in the, in a three-way oh, menage a battle mm. Um, mm. in the middle of the woods and mountains somewhere while Loki is just kind of hanging out, like watching everything because, you know, he's got a, a whole other plan. <laughs> um, but that moment of Thor bringing the, the hammer, Molnir bringing that down on Cap Shield... Oh yeah, like that alone would have made this movie worth watching, and it turns out there's like a, a, you know a two dozen scenes like that in the movie that make it worth watching. But right. holy crap, I mean it's like it, it felt like the old comics of where like you had these two you know big dick superheroes <laughs> facing off, and you were like at some point they got to fight, man. You know biggest kid on the block. Uh, at some point they're gonna go to toe to toe with each other, and Man, it, it's so good here. Um, you know, like the... And this is really the point where it sets the tone of the movie of being kind of kind of fun and silly, but not taking itself too lightly, you know? Well, to, to back up a little bit, I, I think we actually get that with the scene where they capture Loki. Because it, it is a, a darker scene. We get a death we we get Loki trying to imprison the people. We get his fight with Cap, and as that's going on, we of course get ACDC blaring, mm, yeah, and right. Iron Man shows up. And I, I think the way they they play that scene out lets us know that you know yeah there there are some stakes. Yes, you know it, it can be a little dark, but we're gonna have some fucking fun with this. Right, right. And that's kind of been the, the to me the line of demarcation between what Marvel does and what DC has been trying to do. Those movies feel so humorless at times and and very 
very self-serious and very stylized and all that. And, and, and people love them and great. But when I'm watching like Man of Steel, for example, it just doesn't feel fun. Mm. It, it, you know, it feels like this very somber movie that's happening. And when I'm watching comic book superheroes bounce around, I don't want it to be that serious. You know, I want it to be sort of, not sort of, exactly what the Avengers is, which is take the subject matter seriously. Like, don't be, don't be ashamed of what you are. Yeah. But part of what you are is the ability to have a good time. And, and seeing Iron Man, like you said, you know, roll into town uh, in Austria or whatever. Germany. Um, Germany. Sorry. Eh, it was right next door. Yeah, close enough. Um, it was a place Hitler invaded. It counts. Um, <laughs> it was but part of Germany Iron... at one point in time. <laughs> right, right. Um, but having like him roll up with ACDC blaring, and you know that's very much the Tony Stark character, of course. But it also reminds everyone, like, okay, like you said, we're all here to just enjoy ourselves, and that doesn't detract from the weight of uh, the story or anything, or or, or the stakes. It's just a reminder that, yeah, we're, we are doing superheroes and sometimes that can be a little silly. Yeah. And I I also think that they did a very good job of kind of presenting Loki as an actual threat there as well, because I, I think it's a great scene for Iron Man, but it's also a great scene for fucking Loki. It really is where oh, he's sure. just got the fucking people surrounded and he, he's commanding them to kneel and he's about to kill the old man. And we actually see that Loki, who, you know, for a film now we've thought was a pussy, kind of started to show himself as a badass. He can actually stand toe to toe with Captain America. And that's the thing. During this scene, when they take him, they finally capture Loki. Did anybody buy that? Did anybody think they were really capturing him, or did you think this was a plot of his all along? Well, because of where it happens in the movie, it's like, well, clearly he's he, he's either going to escape. Actually, I thought when Thor showed up that, you know, he was just going to run off at that point. Um, but I, I like the fact that instead, you know, true to Loki's character, um, that he's playing the long con. Right. Right. Of like, I'm going to let you capture me because I need you to so that I can take you off the board. Yeah, and I, I have to say, you know, uh, I never really thought about it. I, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into his plot. I, I was just kind of going along with the movie, and uh, I was just kind of expecting him to escape, to be honest. Yeah, that, that, that totally where I was, but I, I, you know, once you get the moment of like, oh, okay, well, he was he was planning this all along for this reason. Yeah. Um, it was like, oh, yeah, Loki's, Loki's a trickster. He's a smart motherfucker. All right. Right, right. He, he's the god of mischief, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, and, you know, as we've already talked about, you know, Loki gets taken by Thor. We get the awesome battle between Thor and Iron Man, and then Cap shows up to stop it, and they actually level an entire fucking forest. And we then end up back at S.H.I.E.L.D. On the helicarrier, y'all. Can you believe it? Yeah. Oh, man. When when that thing was revealed, how, how fucking awesome was that? You know, it... Uh, if I was there, I would have handed... Fury the five yeah. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
it's one of those things that you saw from the comics and you're like, there's no way they're going to do this in the movies. Right. There's no way they could pull it yeah. off. But even with all the computer generated stuff and all that, like it could look real, but it wouldn't, eh. Like how, how are you going to justify something crazy like this? And they do such a nice job of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And it's also like, we have all the Avengers finally in place with the exception of course of, you know, Hawkeye at this point, but we have Bruce Banner on the helicarrier helping out Tony Stark to track down the Tesseract. We have Thor cause he, you know, brings in Loki and we have, um, uh, Captain America there cause he's the shield guy like, you know, and of course Black Widow's there. Like, we finally have all our Avengers together, and we're on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. And again, if you had told, <laughs> like, the 12-year-old me that you were going to see this movie where all the Avengers are on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, and it's going to look awesome, and it's going to be really, mm-hmm. really funny and interesting and all that stuff, I, I would have punched you in the face. I would have told you you're a liar. And and then I, I probably would have burned down your house because I was a little bit of a firebug. But yeah, there was a period of time in my life watching the original '89 Batman movie, saying this is the most superhero we will ever yeah. get, and and thinking that for so long, and you know this kind of thing, dude. This is unprecedented at the time, and now, dude, it's it's a dime a dozen. You know, you can find this everywhere, and everybody's got plans for it. But this this was really breaking new ground. Here. It was yeah. ballsy. I mean, again, you know, I, I I I keep repeating this, but the fact that the movie just isn't afraid to be a superhero movie, full on. Of like we're gonna have we're gonna do the shield helicarrier we're gonna do the tesseract we're doing you know all these these uh, the actual Avengers characters as they were in the comics and you know people are either gonna like it or you know like when people say now you know uh, like well you're a nerd if you like comics and it's like nah that shit's mainstream now y'all. There ain't nothing right. nerdy about liking the Avengers. The Avengers is one of the most popular movies ever made. So, and Star Wars is the same way. If someone's like, eh, you know, you Star Wars is, you know, I'm a nerd. I like Star Wars. It's like you and every other person on Earth. <laughs> right. You need to pull out a Dungeons and Dragons player's handbook for me to take your nerd street cred at this point. Because com- comics <laughs> and Star Wars are mainstream as shit. There yeah. it is. Yeah, there absolutely. I mean, I, I work with uh, juvenile criminals, and the most popular kid there is the kid that has a new stack of comic books. Sure. I mean, you have Latin kings, crips, bloods, and they don't give a shit who you are. If you got a comic book, they fucking love you at that point in time. Right, right. Interesting thing. This makes me think about it. I was in the mall today, and my son wanted to stop into a place to get some uh, – Star Wars Legos that were in the shop. We went in there and uh, some guy was walking around and he had a Iron Man t-shirt on and some dude bumped into him and he looked at him and the guy was like, hey man, watch out. The guy with the Iron Man shirt said, hey, watch out. 
And the guy looked at him, looked at his shirt and said, nerd. And then he popped in a corner and I kind of got pissed at him. I was like, what are you calling this guy a nerd? And then I looked in the corner and in the room that he went into, they were having big giant magic the gathering playing (laughs) tables where there was like 30 guys with glasses and look like pocket protectors all chilling out playing magic the gathering i'm like all right there's the nerd right yeah it's it's weird that you know sometimes uh we forget that this stuff has become as popular as it is and that it no longer makes you different from the crowd you know, like when I when I was a kid, legitimately liking comic books, it wasn't unheard of or anything. But you know, if if you were talking about uh, uh, the origins of you know Scarlet Witch, like oh, you hear she's Magneto's daughter, um, mm. then yeah, I mean that would get you a look. But these days, it's like oh, you know, no, 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 Scarlet Witch isn't Magneto's daughter. She was a product of Stark Industries. You know, um, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's. It's just fascinating to me how how some people like to use that word as a pejorative for liking stuff that everyone else likes. You know? Yeah. Um, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about more Avenger shit. Um, so the other thing about them all being assembled on the, uh, the helicarrier is Tony Stark constantly poking at Bruce Banner just to see if he can get the Hulk to come out. Right. And and there's a point where this movie kind of becomes a horror movie for about 10 minutes. Mm. Right. But not only that, but Tony and Bruce actually have some nice bonding over their, their love of science. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that sets up, you know, their characters for the next film. But, you know, that, that bonds them. Yeah, they certainly have a bromance going on. Yeah, and I I think, you know, we see here that none of them are really a team yet. None of them really trust each other. But we also see that they don't really trust S.H.I.E.L.D. either. They don't, but knowing what you know about the film, is that them? Is that their real, you know, natural way of thinking? Or is it because Loki snaps in there? Exactly. And, you know, that's an excellent point because how long have they been manipulated i would say from the second that staff was in their hands you know well in terms of pure manipulation is since fury showed up you know because like fury's been playing the long game as well right of wanting the avengers initiative to be a thing Mm. and and has been dishonest with him like i think captain america maybe has the truest reaction because in pretty much all of the films where S.H.I.E.L.D. is involved, um, Captain America is always skeptical of their motivations. Right. You know, because he believes in in freedom and truth and justice and all that stuff. And S.H.I.E.L.D. always seems to be a little bit deceptive. Right. And, you know, straight from here, we get Natasha talking to Loki. And I think their interplay is really good because Scarlett Johansson does a great job in this role. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. For a number of reasons. But the fact that Loki shows how cruel he can be here, and we get to see her use her quote-unquote interrogation skills again, makes this scene really interesting. And you actually have to pay attention to kind of catch what's going on there. 
Right, and the scene is even though we've seen her do the manipulation, we've seen all that, but how how uh Hiddleston plays it and how he's just laying into her. Right. And he's laying into her hard. You buy her reaction. And like when I was originally watching it, I thoroughly believed that she was having a weak female moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though that's how we're introduced to the characters. So when she just, you know, said thank you and got the information she wanted <laughs> and walked away, I could not help but laugh my ass off. I was like, you even got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Black Widow's a badass in, in all of these movies, really, but... Uh, but that scene with her and Loki in particular is, is really good. Yeah, and then, you know, here comes the horror movie moment that you mentioned earlier, Bo, where everyone's turning on one another. Loki's influence is, is full on, and the breakout begins, and we get the Hulk. Yeah, in, in comes Loki's minions, led by Hawkeye, and shit pops off. Yeah. Mm. And we kind of glossed over the fact that Loki is being held in this airtight lockaway thing where it could be dropped from the helicopter at any time and he would plummet to his death. Yeah. Built for the Hulk. Yeah. And that, yeah, right. Built for the Hulk. And it's a beautiful scene, too, with Fury when he throws back at him the whole boot foot thing when talking about pushing this button and it'll just drop him like he's fucking nothing you know which is beautiful and knowing that you know all behind this you know at no point is Loki concerned with this he could give a flying fuck because he knows any second any second Hulk's just gonna fucking snap and tear this place apart yeah and that scene is pretty fucking good because it's the first time in this movie or the first time we've ever seen this Hulk. Mm, yeah. And I like the way this Hulk looks. He looks fucking realistic. He does look realistic, It number one. And number two, all those scenes with him just skulking around in the shadows with her being afraid and him storming at her and breaking things as he's going. Dude, that's intense, man. It yeah. really fucking is. Yeah, when she takes off, probably my favorite, one of my favorite shots in the movie, certainly, when she takes off down that hallway with the the glass lining it, and he ch- he's chasing mm. after her, just shattering right. the walls around him. Right. Ooh. Oh, it's so good. Oh. For me, my favorite part is where they're they're trapped there, and she's trying to put off that she's calm, even though she can tell he's freaking out. And she's trying to talk him down, and you know. Uh, the the workers come over to help and she sees them and you can see the fear in her eyes then. You can see she's afraid and she's telling them to get the hell out of there. I, I, I love that little bit right there where you can see her trying to hold it together, but the moment other people are in danger, you see that break. That just fucking crumbles and she knows shit's going to hit the fan. Right, right. right. Yeah. But that also yeah. leads to, honestly, m- one of my favorite bits and... Uh, Hulk versus Thor. Mm, yes, that, that 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 scene when Hulk is trying to pick up that hammer, oh, right, and the f- ground is cracking underneath him and shit, and him struggling so fucking hard and shit, dude. That was just it. It was rad, just plain and simple. Yeah, this this is a good fucking scene. Um, everyone else has something to do, but 
you know, man, I, I'm just fucking wrapped up in these two just going at it. And, and what, what about when the fucking fighter jet flies up and just starts <laughs> blasting the living shit out of him and he leaps up, jumps on it. The guy tries to eject. He grabs the fucking guy while he is ejecting in the air and just tosses him and shit. It was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely fucking. Wild, I have to man. be that pilot. You'd be like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and more than any other film uh, that has ever tried to portray the Hulk, it gets the, just the pure animal anger and rage mm-hmm. and fury mm-hmm. of just when Hulk is in a room, something is getting fucked up, and it may be you, it may be the building itself. You know, the fact that you know. Banner kind of learns to channel this is, is great, but even, you know, even in Ultron, which we'll talk about another time, but even there, like, he's just barely holding on. Yeah, like, yeah and that's the thing, but, but in Ultron, you know, you know that's manipulation, and this is manipulation too, but since this is the first time we're seeing the Hulk in this film, that's the first impression we get of him, so we think this dude is a fucking apeshit crazy, and I love yeah. this. So when it appears to the end, when he's actually joining them and standing by their side and shit, it's almost a shock to me. You know what I mean? And obviously we'll get there. It's just, this is who the Hulk really is. He's not this fucking raving psychopath. He he is, if you fuck with his mind. Right. And and also, left with no focus. I think that's the other thing, is if he doesn't have a target, then Hulk is just going to fuck up whatever's close. Yeah, because he is... An uncontrollable rage monster. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is the personification of the id of rage and 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 anger and jealousy and all that stuff. It's oh, the Hulk is so good. All right, all right. I get. I, we could do the rest of the show where I'm just like, and then the scene where the Hulk was climbing up the building <laughs> and he grabs the Chitauri. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I heart Hulk. Something fierce. <laughs> all right, but while this is going on, we got. Tony being the engineer, we got Cat being the soldier, and, you know, Thor's fighting the monster. These guys are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, and that whole scene when they're trying to stop the fan, or get the fan going and shit because one of the turbines is all It seems to be run by electricity. It seems to be run by electricity, and he's trying to explain it to Cap, and (laughs) Cap, you know, he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about because he's a military man and shit, and he's like, what button? Which (laughs) lever? Where? (laughs) Yeah. I, I do like Iron Man's response of like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know <laughs> Or even before that when they're they're just facing off and you, you get the lead up to Civil War where you have Cap and Iron Man going back and forth. I, I think that's a great moment. And to have that placed in this movie is fucking brilliant. But just a little bit where he's telling him to put on the suit and they're going to go a few rounds, you know, put on the suit. And then the explosion happens and they both turn to each other and put on the suit. Right. And they just both <laughs> right, ride. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't have time to, to duke it out right now. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that. And, you know, to your point about like them laying the seeds for Civil War here, that's the other thing about the Marvel movies and, and maybe the DC movies too, but, but the Marvel movies in particular, um, of laying the groundwork for a movie that's not going to happen for three more movies. That's one of those things that's either going to piss you off 
or as you know a fan of the comics like myself when you get a hint of like oh they're talking about the fucking infinity gauntlet Uh oh my god you know like that to me isn't it doesn't feel cheap it feels like you know you're making me a promise that I'm gonna see Thanos and all the Avengers fighting him. You know? Right. And the beautiful thing is even if you don't get that, if you're not a comic book guy and you could just be a Marvel guy for these films, you know what I mean? And even if you don't get what's coming, they play the fact that these two were so fucking polar opposite and pitted them against each other in conversation so well that you would think, of course it would be like that. This dude's cocky motherfucker and this guy's a fucking Boy Scout. So it makes logical sense. So it's not like something that's out of bounds for the film in any way. So you could either be in on the joke, we'll say, or not. And either way, it still works. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the battle keeps going and we get Phil Coulson's death. Mm, and I don't care what fucking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. says, he's dead. Yeah, I, I do like that show, mostly because I'm, I'm so into fucking Marvel right now. But uh, this this is a moment that lets us know, you know, shit can get real. Mm. They kill off Coulson. We see that Thor's almost killed. The Hulk is fucking God knows where. That, you know, they, they've broken the team and shown that they're vulnerable. And also another opportunity for Nick Fury to manipulate. Oh, straight up. The, right. The, the Avengers to it, like, it, you know, one of the things I like about the Avengers is, is that people do things for complicated reasons. Yeah. Um, Nick Fury manipulates the Avengers by, you know, the, the bloody, Captain America trading cards uh, taken from Phil Coulson's uh, pocket. He didn't have those. Like that was that was a plant. Mm. But Nick Fury knew that doing this thing that was dishonest ultimately led to a positive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a father. I know exactly what that's all about. You know what I mean? You got to do that with your kids sometimes. And that's what this scene always reminds me of. This is dad and he's making the kids feel bad and in order to get them to do the right thing. And it, yeah. it works perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm not going to complain about this manipulation because I agree. It, it's something that needs to happen to pull them together at this moment where they're they're kind of licking their wounds, not sure what they want to do. And he he gives them the little push to do what they have to. Yeah. And we we get, you know, the moment where they discover where Loki is. And Iron Man, Cat, Black Widow, and they've now got Hawkeye back on their side after, you know, a little... A bonk on the head. Yeah. It clears that up, it turns out. Yeah, you just have to induce a minor concussion, and, you know, brainwashing's gone. <laughs> yeah, fine, whatever. Like, that, that's the point <laughs> of the movie, where it's like, okay, like, if somebody... Uh, if you drop a coconut on somebody's head, they get amnesia. If you drop another coconut on their head, then they're okay. Yeah, pretty much. Right, right. I, I, somehow the head affects something done through their heart. <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Magic. Right, right, right. And everybody knows magic can be superseded by a bomb to the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's something that they do well is they don't really define it. So... It can't be disproven. This goes to the movie's credit. Did any of you guys really question this while watching? No, no. It's all a hindsight thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm watching this and I go completely along with it. It's like, okay, okay. When my friend's eyes turn bright blue and they're acting fucking weird, knock them the fuck out. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, right, right. Hammer to the the base of the neck, preferably. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of dopey, but it again, it, we're in a comic book universe right. where there is a God of Thunder twirling a hammer around, <laughs> and it's not the goofiest thing. In, well, it, I do think it is the goofiest thing in the movie, but only because it's kind of sitcom-y. But, eh, you know, fine. A, a good jolt to the, the head knocks him straight. All right. You know, of all the... Like, if that's my biggest complaint in the movie, then I feel like I'm 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 in pretty good hands. Right. And it really is my biggest complaint with the movie. <laughs> right, and you would think that this is pretty much the wrap-up, but we actually have an epic battle that takes place here. And that's one of the things I really like about this, is they didn't rush this battle. They take their time with it. And, and there's levels to it. I mean... We start off with Loki versus Thor. Cap's taking command, and we finally see the full horror of this fucking invasion. Plus, we can't dismiss the Iron Man v. Loki conversation right right before the battle happens. Because it is, like, there's something kind of fatalistic about it. Of, like, Iron Man acknowledging, like, you might win, but we're still going to fight you. And we're, and, like... You know, uh, what is the line? Like, there's no scenario where you come out on top in this. Yeah, there is no throne here. And leading up to that, you have to admit, Tony Stark is such a fucking pimp. Flies into his fucking house. Suit starts coming off on its own. Just walks over. He's staring at him, walks over, pours himself a drink. Yeah, yeah. And just start, start sipping, looking at him. You know what I mean? That is balls. yeah. He, he has the yeah. like the badass moments that you see in the trailer. Like you know, if we can't save the world, we're damn sure gonna avenge it. And and the other mm-hmm. line being, you know, you know, I have an army behind me. We have a Hulk. We have a Hulk. Yeah, and just seeing him and and how he deals with these situations and how well Robert Downey Jr. does it. You know why he gets paid the multi gajillion dollars for these movies. Well, plus the interplay between these two is. Fucking top notch. Right, right. And then, you know, Bo's favorite scene, Hulk does show up. Well, Bruce Banner does on on a scooter. Right. <laughs> right into the middle of a war Which, zone. You have the most powerful person in fucking on the planet literally showing up on a tiny white scooter, which is <laughs> wonderful. And and then it leads to the beautiful realization. And I call it a beautiful realization. I really do when he just lets it out on him. Okay, you know, you got to get yourself man up. You got to hulk out. You got to do your thing. And yes, he's suit. like, that's my yeah. thing. I'm always right. angry. Ugh. And just her turn and punch that big giant organic fucking thing flying through the fucking sky and sending it crashing to the ground with one punch as he's changing in mid punch amazing yeah oh uh, that is uh, truly my favorite moment because throughout the movie there there are all these things of like you know well what's your secret to controlling the hulk and blah 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 and he almost says it like three different times in the movie and and the payoff mm. is that moment of him the you know the world collapsing behind him, turning back to the, the Avengers to say that's my secret. I'm always angry. 
Oh, it's so good. God damn you, Joss it's Whedon. It's so good. <laughs> uh, and, and, and to follow it up with him sitting there and they're all in that circle and Cap's telling him, okay, you go this way, you go that way, you do this, you do that. And he just looks at him and says, Hulk. And he stares at him with a little smirk on his face. Hulk's got this smile and he's like, smash. And oh. the smile gets bigger and he just leaps off and goes fucking crazy. That is so awesome. Dude, I love the Hulk. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I want to... Uh... I want to watch that scene right now because, uh, like, when you see the Hulk, like, bouncing from a building, like I said, you know, he grabs his Jari and then he smashes <laughs> him, and then he jumps onto one of the flying things and just starts ripping. It's just, yeah, it is fucking crazy. Like, anytime the, the Hulk is on screen, like, Captain America and Black Widow and Hawkeye are doing awesome things. Right. You know, Cap's, like, you know, leapfrogging cars and then swinging a shield and... Black Widow is, you know, grabbing dudes by the throat with her calves and flipping them around. And Hawkeye is firing three arrows at a time. Three arrows at a time, so nonchalant. One time he's shooting and not even looking at what he's shooting yeah. at. Still shooting him in the head, dude. That's These are the type of moments where you can watch Black Widow and you watch Hawkeye and you say to yourself, okay, these guys don't have super duper powers, but for some fucking reason this makes complete sense and they belong here. Yeah, but for all of that awesome stuff that's going down, anytime they focus on the Hulk even a little bit, oh. like I'm just like, you are the greatest thing in this movie by far. Right, I'm five and, years old, fucking underneath my comforter with a flashlight reading Hulk comics. That's what that is, dude, and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it, and maybe that's the true achievement of the Avengers, is getting the Hulk right, finally. Right, and that's the thing. What this movie has shown me is that, to me, and this is just how I feel, the Hulk and Thor only work in ensemble cast. They have to be with a group, and that's the only way they work for me. You put them alone, dude, I'm fucking completely sold out, dude. Put them together, dude, it's rad. It works. Yeah. Well, that's the next Thor movie. Ragnarok is Hulk and, and, Thor. and Thor. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I yeah. can't even explain it. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. But to me, my biggest geek out moment is the moment that, you know, they work as a team where they do circle up and we get Cap calling out the orders and we see this fully realized. It comes together, actually works. And, you know, I'm a fucking kid. I fucking love that moment right there it's just yes, pure fucking yes. magic on screen right and i've heard some complaints from people saying you know they are just fighting multiples of a nondescript you know alien creature and so it's just more of the same so there's not really that interesting to look at and i've heard the same thing with the complaint about the second one okay instead of aliens we got just a bunch of robots you know it's virtually the same fucking thing but you know what i mean this none of these things look Human, so thusly they're all Chitari creatures, and uh, they all have a similar look to them. And it, to me, it reminds me of like a horde of fucking ants, man. They just keep coming, so I dig it. Yeah, I mean, it could be the Chitari or Scrolls or the Kree or whatever you, right. whatever alien race you want to throw on here that the Avengers fought on Moss. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I I see that argument, but the main villain is Loki, mm. and. So it becomes an issue, like them fighting the individual Chitari is not the issue to me. It's like, well, we've got to fight Loki. Okay, Loki gets taken out of the picture in, 
the moment that everyone came away from that movie saying was the the best thing about it. Uh, and I did too at the time. Now I have other favorite moments, but god damn, is it good. Yeah, just the lead up to that when fucking he's flying by on that fucking thing and and Hawkeye tries to shoot a fucking arrow at him and he catches it and you're like, god damn it, Loki's a badass and then he goes flying through a fucking wall by the hole, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> and the again, this is very Joss Whedon, but Loki launching into the you know the villain speech, mm, yeah, you know yeah. this is why you will fail, and Hulk interrupting the speech by grabbing him by the goddamn ankle, <laughs> and just flopping him on the ground like a rag doll. <laughs> the, the the standing ovation moment of this film, yes, by far, by far, dude. In the theaters, no one was quiet during this scene. Yeah. Everybody was flipping out. And at the end, when he walks fucking away and says, "Beauty, God," rolling everybody, and yeah. I still laugh now. watching this movie, and I've seen it a hundred fucking times. It's yeah, it's still incredible. That again, you hearing puny anything from the Hulk in any movie mm. it still blows my mind that it's a thing. Right. But the way that he just manhandles Loki to the point that he's laying there groaning in a Loki shaped <laughs> hole in the floor, <laughs> it, it was the best. Like the first time I saw that in the theater, I lost my goddamn mind along with everyone else. Right. I was just like, I can't believe. And it's not even just the, you know, the adult in me. Like, I can't believe these things from my childhood are now on screen. It was just like, I can't believe I'm witnessing this in a movie. Not because it's comic books. It just blew the brain out of the back of my head. Right. Because of how awesome it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. God. Well, you know, to actually talk about some of the technical aspects of this film, there's a moment during this battle that I, I, I absolutely have to talk about because it's fucking amazing we get this moment where the camera follows the action and we follow natasha she takes over one of the chitauri ships and then we go to iron man as he flies by and joins captain america fighting on the ground to then fly up by hawkeye as he's you know shooting arrows at everyone and then we you know follow one of the arrows to the ship and it crashes as Hulk and Thor are battling, and you know how we just follow the action of each different character. Oh yeah, fucking amazing! I'm Expertly fucking done in every way. There has never been a time when it showed teamwork so well by heroes in a film than in this film, and I will even say than even more so than in the sequel. This shows it so well that. You, you see how each one's got each other's back. You see how each one is defending themselves and, and working on this fight. And it is a cohesive fucking team. And it's played out so fucking beautifully. Absolutely, man. And the thing that everyone says that, yes, the, the, the Jatari are faceless and blah, blah, blah. But this, this battle actually has some weight to it. You know, we, we get the Avengers are getting injured. Cap gets hurt throughout this quite a bit. Everyone does. I mean, we even get the moment in the bank with Cap. Yeah. And how we can see how this battle actually is taking a toll on all the heroes. I love it. Even for fucking Hulk, he gets blasted down through that fucking building by all the ships. Right. 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 And and plus, you know, the, the, big, the big threat at this point, once, you know, Loki is smooshed, is we got to close this thing, right? Like, we, you know, even without their leader, 
the Chitari just keep coming and coming and coming. Mm. And and like you said, you know, like these moments make it about like we've got to stop this flood, whether they're nameless or faceless or whatever. There's a million of them and they keep coming. And we got to stop this. Plus, now there's a nuke on the way. Right, right. And that could be so terribly contrived, this nuke coming. You know, that happens all the fucking time. And shit, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is absolutely my favorite because this played out so well. Yeah, and I actually believe it because it was set up. The council didn't back, you know, the Avengers or anything. And it, it seems like a decision that a council leading S.H.I.E.L.D., would make to me. I totally buy this. Right, right. And that whole scene, dude, I love the scene so much. I love seeing Tony grab onto this thing. I love him going up into the fucking atmosphere and flying through it and blowing it up in this whole fucking closing and falling as he gets up in the fucking atmosphere and he can't breathe and he sees out and it looks like he's fucking dying and he falls and you're watching him fly to the ground and their reactions and out of fucking nowhere the Hulk leaps up and grabs him midair and then slams to the ground, protecting him from smacking on the ground, dude. Yeah. Uh, Hulk being the most awesome thing yet again. Right, <laughs> exactly. Hulk, the unsung hero of this fucking movie. Yeah, and, and the fact that he, he's calling Pepper the whole time. Mm, and not being able to get through yeah, it. Or... Yeah, it's just... It, it tugs at you, man. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, that is... I, when I watched it again, I was I was surprised at myself. For how much I was like, oh, you can't mm. get in touch with Pepper, and they, he, she was the one who calls Colson Phil, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that this is actually Tony's moment, that this is part of his arc, that he's becoming a true hero, that he's willing to make the sacrifice play that Cap said he wasn't. Right, and for me, you know, that's. We got totally got Cap to thank for that. He made him, he guilted him into it, made him feel like he wasn't doing uh, the right thing. He wasn't being a true hero, so he said, I'll prove that fucker wrong. <laughs> well, you know, to again, to, to quote Tony Stark, he's not wrong. Right, exactly. Well, motivations aside, uh, it closes a portal and destroys the army, and we just kind of wrap it up at this point because... Let's face facts, Loki's not up to fighting anyone. No. He he's just able to drag himself out of the Loki shaped hole in the floor. And uh as he does, he finds himself facing down the fully assembled Avengers. Which is a beautiful shot. I love that shot of them just staring down at him. Fuck yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, what does he say uh to Tony at that point? Like, oh I, I think I will have I that think drink. I will have <laughs> that drink though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it closes up with them all leading shawarma. Oh. Uh, well yeah, they, they get shawarma, but they actually all kind of go their separate ways here, you know? That they're all going off until we need them again, which for us will be real soon but for right now guys we gotta rate this fucker mm. all right what's our scale and how high does it go <laughs> this is school grades my friend ratings are the exact same as we are used to ryan i would give this film a solid solid a not quite a plus yeah it might have been an a plus if you know captain where that spangly up <laughs> <laughs> but i give this thing an a this is an all-around fantastic film this is the definition of how to do a ensemble superhero film well and shit that fucking bring on part three nice bo 
Yeah, I, I don't have the Spangly suit outfit problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a an, a solid A plus for me. Um, I've watched this movie uh, probably five or six times uh, at this point, which doesn't sound like a lot, maybe, but that's a lot considering the movie is you know not quite four years right. old. Um, I've seen it in three D. I've seen it in two D. Uh, I have an MP3 recorded so I can just listen to it when I go to bed. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, I think it, it's a movie that shouldn't work with all these different characters that shouldn't be in the same room together. And it manages to make those interactions. Like one thing I, I don't think we've said, and uh, it, it's a bit cliche now because it's been said about the movie a bunch, but it's worth repeating just in summary is that some of the best moments of the Avengers are the moments when they're all just in a room talking to each other. Right. Like, it's it's funny and entertaining and engaging and all that stuff. And the action scenes are great, but just the conversations they have with one another reminds me of reading the old Avengers comics where you do have these wildly different characters, you know, bouncing off one another and, and getting into conflicts and... and forming alliances and that kind of thing. It's, yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to do um, a big budget entertainment spectacle movie, this has a surprising amount of intelligence and heart to go along with it. I, I think it's a near perfect movie. Well put. All right. Uh, for myself, I love this movie. I've seen it multiple fucking times. Uh, story-wise, I, I'm involved in it. You know, uh, technically, I pointed out some great shots in this. The the acting is great in this. I mean, all around, this was an event film. And it changed cinema, in my opinion. Because it went from, hey, is this thing going to work? To every studio trying to figure out how they can copy it. Mm-hmm. To, you know, changing nerddom to common practice you know i'm walking through walmart in my captain america shirt and i get hey nice shirt man it's like really (laughs) which i never seem to get wearing my teenage Mutant ninja turtle shirt (laughs) right yeah sometimes when i'm just wearing the purple pants that are kind of ragged and nothing else people are like hey hold man and i'm like just laundry day (laughs) and this movie Changed me from a casual moviegoer uh, of superhero films to a hardcore fan. I own Phase One. It's one of my favorite, you know, film collection, memorabilia, keepsake thingies, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I love it. I love this fucking film. This is an A-plus film. It is a hell of an experience. And if you haven't fucking seen it, well, A, we spoiled the shit out of it. But B, by all means, go fucking see this yeah there's no question like i would recommend seeing iron man and captain america prior to seeing avengers not so much thor Uh, that's all you need that's all you need yeah those two films you those two movies are going to set up the universe for you and and lead you nicely i'm like i i'm pretty sure captain america first avenger was the movie right before Avengers, right? It was. Yeah, it was. Okay. So, yeah, like, 
you know, Iron Man, because Iron Man is great, and it, it, like I said, sets up the universe and introduces Nick Fury, and then Captain America, First Avenger, because it's awesome for Begenzies, and uh, also because it leads directly into this movie, and man, I kind of want to do that right now, is watch those in that order. Uh, Yeah, and then everything that comes after. But the amazing thing about this series is that they all interconnect they all kind of matter or at least they matter to the overall extended universe right and that is one thing that i absolutely fucking love about this the fact that i had to show my girlfriend the incredible hulk because you know civil war is coming out Mm. and it's just like oh no 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 no, they're connected see the general general ross is, is in civil war we have to watch it now she's like really it's like yes yes we do they're interconnected that's the one you missed. You're watching it now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it... You know, and that's that's a lot of times the complaint that people lodge against these movies is, well, you have to watch all these other movies to enjoy this one. You don't have to. I think it adds to it. But yeah, it's no different than the comics. You know, it's... You know, when, when they would do the, uh, like, Dark Phoenix saga or something... That didn't just happen. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) But it didn't just happen in X-Men. It happened in X-Men, and it crossed over to X-Force and Excalibur and all that stuff. Um, Same thing with Civil War. Civil War ran across every Marvel title. And that's just that they're using the model for the movies that they use for the comics, which is all this stuff matters to the other movies as much as you want it to. Right. And I love it. I I, I mean, I, again, I, I've been, I've actually been rereading Uncanny X-Men from the beginning. Right. Nice. So right. I'm, you know, on issue like uh, 30-something, almost in the 40s. Uh, and, you know, the, those early comics are, are tough uh, to yeah, read. they They're, can be. There's it's it's interesting in retrospect to be like oh well this is the first appearance of you know Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch, um, but it's also tough because it's like you know I ah, Bobby Blake the Iceman you know it's very stilted and all that stuff it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of you know Stanley and Jack Kirby like the the that golden age of comics sometimes isn't it just doesn't play well in a modern context. But then you see things like, oh, well, they establish almost immediately this relationship between Scott Summers and Jean Grey and blah, blah, blah. But the reason I bring that up isn't just to, you know, sound all smarty pants um, and cool because I read all the X-Men. But because these movies are doing that thing of if if I watch this movie, I'm going to get something more out of the next one, but I don't need it. They're right. going to tell me what I need to know. Right. So if the first movie I ever see is Guardians of the Galaxy, well, maybe that's not a good example, but <laughs> if, if the first movie I ever see is Doctor Strange, mm. I don't have to watch all the other Marvel movies to enjoy Doctor Strange. But if you did, it just makes it that much better. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So let's take our last little break here, and then we will come back real quick to close this fucker out. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. Call it, Captain.
Good job, guys. Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. I still believe in heroes. We're not finished yet. So let's get this fucker over and done with. Uh, that was a lot of fun, guys. I truly enjoyed getting to sit down and discuss Avengers. Dude. To assemble my heroes to do this. Dude, fucking, I am enthralled we got to talk some superheroes here. Are you sure you don't want this to just be a superhero show? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> dude, because this, uh, I think we'd be able to get Bo back nearly every fucking episode if it was. Well, <sighs> I'm not saying it's going to be just superheroes, but we're probably going to cover almost all the superhero films. Yeah, we yeah. we got to talk Winter Soldier at some point. Winter Soldier needs to be talked. Fucking Days of Future Past needs to be talked. Yes. Fucking, fucking Christ. There's so many that need to be talked. Absolutely. And, you know, I think those are retros waiting to happen. You know, a Captain America retrospective. You know, an X-Men retrospective. Dude, an X-Men one would be great just because right. we'd get to watch the pieces of shit that were. <laughs> 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 fucking the Wolverine first film and fucking... Ugh. All right, well, you know, we're, we're X-Men 3, like, X-Men 3, X-Men 3, oh, X-Men 3 you know, is, 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 is the weakest out of the first three, but shit, it's the most like the cartoon. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. It, yeah. X-Men 2 is really good, though. X-Men 2 is one of the best superhero movies ever made, in my opinion. Days of Future Past? Rogue, Days of Future Past. Rogue Cut, it. though? Uh, oh, I have not seen the Rogue Cut. Oh, so good oh i haven't seen that either all right now i saw it for sale a while back but i never scooped it up uh it actually explains that the story a little bit more and uh it's it's, gives obviously gives rogue something to do yeah 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 you you guys need to watch it all right all right just saying that and if we actually do that retrospective that is the edition we will be discussing Mm. and we can i can highlight the differences for you guys and it's mostly just omitted scenes Right, right so but since we are talking about the possible future, let's actually talk about our actual future. Now, our next episode, obviously, will be Avengers Age of Ultron, closing out our retrospective of the Avengers currently. We will come back when there are more Avenger films. Oh, Infinity Gauntlet's mm-hmm. coming, y'all. Yeah, I got like a half stock thinking about it. <laughs> and from there, we're, we're going flow-blown drama. We're going to do The Wrestler. You know? Which I still haven't seen yet. Yeah, well, it, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. So we will be discussing, you know, steroids and deep emotions and strippers, and how uh, Mickey Rourke has not aged well. <laughs> no, dude, you look at Mickey Rourke's finger, man. It looks like a train wreck. <laughs> uh, but from there, we're gonna go into some badassery. We're going to do an escape retrospective you ask yourself what the fuck is that well let me fucking tell you what the fuck that is that is sylvester stallone in in a prison no 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 no, no, no. not that escape escape from new york followed by escape from la fuck yeah dude followed by its two ripoff films lockout which was actually sued over and doomsday 
Doomsday's real good. Yeah, they're not official part of it, but close enough that I'm gonna put them into the fucking retrospective because it's my show and fuck you. That's why. Yeah, now Doomsday, Doomsday is the movie that would happen if Escape from New York and Mad Max had a baby. Right, and that makes me exciting because I haven't seen that one either. Oh, have you not? Oh, no, fuck, dude. dude, it's the director of The Descent. Mm. Oh, oh, it's yeah. real good. Yeah, it is real good. That that movie is criminally underseen. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Good, good. I'm excited. Yeah, and then the last ones we're gonna tell you about because it's the last ones we've got on our slate so far is Ryan's personal favorite retrospective, at least that we're going to be doing right now, fucking Young Guns. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was me. I want to <laughs> talk about Young Guns 1 and Young Guns 2 because fuck it. Dirty Steve fan in the crowd. Right, there is. Chavez, Chavez. You, you know, pigs is as smart as dogs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what better to cleanse the palate than some shitty westerns. Hey, I don't Man, think they're shitty. No, I kind of enjoy them. I dig them. I like Young Guns 2 more than Young Guns, surprisingly. Really? Young Guns 2, I think, is a lot of fun, but there's something about that end scene in the first one when he comes out of the flaming fucking building in the fucking trunk and comes out just blasting him. Man, I love that shit. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I've i seen Young Guns 2 more than anyone should. <laughs> it, it, was, it was one of those movies that was in like heavy rotation on HBO when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was a bit of a western fan even then. And I saw Young Guns 2 a lot. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years and years. I I'd like to go back to it cuz I have a feeling it's one of those things like as soon as I start watching it, I'm going to be able to start quoting it. Right. That's how it is, man. Yeah. I scooped them both up on DVD just because, oh, man, I watched these so many times when I was a kid. As soon as I pushed play, I was just quoting the movie. I'm like, holy shit, I remember everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's a real Inception kind of thing. Where right. you're just like, I, I understand now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dirty Steve is... Uh, is the best character in the original Young Guns, though. Did I don't, you I don't see think the size of that chicken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a scene in that movie where they legitimately trip balls. Right, right. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that is a... Well done. That's, that, that's an interesting retrospective. <laughs> so, yes, if any of this interests you nearly as much as it interests us, stay tuned. Keep coming back to the fucking drive-in because we got shit to show you. Right on. Now, cut a hole in the bottom of that popcorn. <laughs> mm, I just added extra butter, baby. Makes it a little bit more slippery. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> saltier. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good fucking driving? As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.